and welcome to another episode of the Padmani Viewpoint Podcast. My name is Manali Shah, and today's conversation is going to be all about startups. Joining us is someone who's been on both sides of the table. Arjun Vaidya has been the founder of Doctor Vaidya, a hugely successful Ayurvedic healthcare brand, which has since been acquired by the R.P. Sanjeev Goenka Group. Today, Arjun is a venture lead at World Invest. which invests in companies such as Sula, Epigamia, Viva and Heads Up for Sale. So Arjun, welcome to the show and thank you so much for being here. So thank you so much for having me and really happy to be part of this conversation. Uh, my name is Arjun Vaidya. Uh, Vaidya my last name means Ayurvedic doctor. I come from a legacy of 150 years of Ayurveda. Uh, my grandfather and great grandfather and generations before all Ayurvedic doctors. Um, about business actually dr vedyas was not a business it was an ayurvedic clinic that my grandfather ran he cured me of asthma and i made a promise to him that i'd do something with the family legacy so i went to college in the us saw the move towards yoga and yoga become a multi billion dollar industry without indian companies having much to do with it i'm very patriotic so i thought to myself um we can't let the same happen with ayurveda so i moved back to india in 2013 worked in finance for 3 years and then when my grandfather passed in 2016 i quit my job to take on the family legacy of ayurveda um in 4 and 1/2 years i built india's largest ayurveda brand online went from 0 to 5000 orders a day um got to 2 million transacting customers across 16500 pin codes uh, eventually um launched 80 products reached 500 plus cities um and then sold the business in march of last year to our series a investors RP Sanjeev Goenka Group. Um, since then, I've been pretty active on the investment side. So I'm an active angel investor, made more than 75 investments now. Um, and professionally, I lead a VC fund. I lead the VC arm of All Invest um, in India, um, investing in the broad consumer space, so consumer brands, tech enablers, and platforms. Um, that's what I do. Uh, but as as a sort of passion. um i really love the d2c and consumer products ecosystem and so i give a lot of my time effort and energy to this ecosystem i host india's largest podcast on d2c called direct to a billion consumers i have um a cohort based course on d2c so i'm passionate about the space about e-commerce about consumer and i do my best to give back okay that's been an incredible journey and it sets the perfect stage for the conversation to come So let's just get straight to the questions. Now, just in four years of launching the brand, Doctor Vedya's, you managed to scale up so well. You've launched eighty products. You've had two million plus transacting customers. So, what are the factors that go behind a rapid and successful scale up like that? It's a great question, uh, and I would say that I'll, I'll take you back to the journey of where we started and our failure, and then eventually what got us success. Right. So, Doctor Vedya's, like most brands, started offline. um and then we pivoted to online because we failed miserably off like we launched in bombay we had six distributors we put 10 lakhs of stock in the market eventually we got all of this back um and we realized that um we didn't know offline there was too much competition and we had no right to win in this space right so we started off online and and the reason we started off online is because we realized that nobody was solving the ayurveda problem online at scale so that's what we set off to do in november 2017 we launched our website um and in this online model um one thing i will say is my grandfather offered a free consultation in his clinic um and we decided to extend the same service online so we offered a free consultation online 
What we saw after year is actually our customers were not only in Bombay, Delhi, Bangalore, Hyderabad, Chennai, and Calcutta. They were in Anantnag, Muzaffarnagar, Trichy, and Imphal, because nobody was offering these customers high-quality Ayurvedic products and care at the touch of their fingertips. And that's something that as Dr. Vedya's we were able to give these customers, right? So I think it was that uniqueness of giving high-quality Ayurvedic products and care using the power of digital. at the touch of consumers fingertips that allowed us really to differentiate and scale exponentially because incremental value that nobody else was offering and that gave us a differential moat that that made us stand apart right so many things that you've mentioned right now are just uh, you know standing out to me uh, so if in terms of advice to other startups uh, on certain aspects that you mentioned for example how would they go about with estimating the market size what is your advice to them Look, I think on on market size, actually, um, while I had a job in private equity in finance before I started Dr. Vedya's, um, I think the best way to test is to actually start to put out samples, to give it to customers, to talk to customers. To the great part about digital business is you actually can start small um, and see what happens, and you get enough data to see how customers are behaving and reacting. Right, so. my view on market says whatever you read in newspapers and reports put it to test and see what customers do um rohan mechanani of epigamia said a great thing on my podcast he said the moment customers take out rupees from their wallet and buy your product that's the moment of truth for you right absolutely he put it across so well so and in, in a similar vein what about audience segmentation or audience profiling how should a founder who's just starting out go about it you need to be something for someone and not everything for everyone so i'm a big believer in brand and brand resonating to your consumer right which means that there's that sort of customer profiling quadrant which i suggest to all the people in my cohort based course also to do where you actually put what the space is map out where the other brands are, and actually find the white space where you sit you map out what your customer persona is to a very detailed degree for example not just gender or age but likes dislikes other brands they consume their problems in the market what they do in their free time and this white space identification plus audience segmentation or customer persona will actually help you be something for someone because today customers want to buy brands they resonate with right we earlier bought brands for what and we bought brands for how now we buy brands for why and so that resonating of brand that's really important true true and what would be your take on pricing strategy how can a founder get that right because it's one of the crucial aspects of a successful startup that's a very tough one um to generalize uh but i would see if i was to just theorize it and speak more generally or theoretically i would say that you want to test out what value your product is offering and what the customer is willing to pay for that right the pricing strategy for a product in india will be different from the us because the value ascribed to that product in india will be different from that of the us so you got to deeply understand what value you're offering the customers and then decide from there right and uh, if you don't mind maybe you could then share your experience uh, of building dr vedya's and what was the pricing strategy that you had in mind Yeah, look at Dr. Vedya's. We were a mass premium brand, so we weren't the cheapest brand in the market, but we weren't luxury. We always like to sit in the middle of the market. You do two types of pricing, right? One type of pricing was see where competition is, 
um, and then try to be in and around slightly lower, slightly higher. And the type of pricing was understand our costs and then understand our cross margin infrastructure. And as long as both fit, that means you made the relevant amount of margin, but you also sat near competition. These are two things we kept in mind while determining price. So not the cheapest brand in the market, but not the most expensive, like sit in the middle. When it comes to launching, there are so many factors, right? Getting the right time uh, in the market and so on and so forth. What would be your suggestion on how founders can get the launch strategy correct? At least for digital business, I would say when you think of launch, think of pilot first, testing out with customers and then moving to large scale launch. That's the way I would look at it because you're able to iterate on feedback before you go forward. That's the key yes, for me. Absolutely. So now let's talk about acquisition, uh, right? In 2021, the RP Sanjeev Goenka Group acquired Dr. Vaidyas. What would be the right time for a startup to get acquired? Like, when do you think they're ready to go from, you know, say bootstrap, getting funded and then thinking, okay, now is the time to go for an acquisition? Let me first step back a little bit, right? Because I get asked this question a lot. Don't build your business to sell or to get acquired build a good business. You'll get various options along the way, including funding, maybe IPO if you're really lucky, maybe acquisition, maybe strategic sale, partnerships, etc. all of that. Continue to build a good business. As you build a good business, you'll get various options. Choose what option is right for you. Now on the acquisition point, right, lots of people ask me, why did you exit when you exited? Was the right time? I think on these decisions, it's very founder dependent and very personality dependent. What's right for you at the time and what's right for the business at the time, both have to come together. It's not just what's right for the business because there are people involved here, right? And so half my friends said you sold too early, half my friends said you were the perfect time. Who knows what the answer to that question is, right? I don't have the answer to that question. Uh, but what I will say is that it seemed right for me at the time. Um, and so it's a very personal decision that only the founders know why they're taking. Right, right, that is true. Uh, but when when we talk about the key factors that go behind uh, an acquisition or just an acquisition deal, what are the factors a founder should bear in mind while going in for such a deal? Oh, uh, I think first you got to think about why you're going into it. Um, number two, you got to think about you're making a very emotional decision to sell your company. So you got to also think about which is not talked about enough, are they the right partners to take for your legacy and, and will it actually do justice? And for me, I, I didn't think it was that, right? So that's the second thing. And then the third thing is, um, from a timing perspective, is it the right time for you to let go? Um, if you keep these three things in mind, these are away from the legal and the numbers and the diligence and all of those things, which everyone will talk about and which come more intuitively. I think from a sort of qualitative perspective, this is not talked about, but it's really important. Right. Right, right, absolutely. So now you've been on both sides of the table. You've been a founder and now you're a venture lead at World Invest, which invests in brands such as Sula, Epigamia, Heads Up for Tales, Viva, etc. So now you're you're in a good position to talk about what investors look for. So firstly, what do VCs really look for in a pitch deck? I'll do what I look for, right? I'm not just saying a pitch deck because um, you look for much more than just a pitch deck, right? You look for um, a real business. So at the early stage where I usually invest, it's 50% founder. Um, who is this person? Will they fight through tough times? And does he or she have a right to win in the space, right? So that's on founder. For me, 50% of the decision is based on founder. Second thing is something we addressed earlier, which is market size, right? So yeah. um, 
how big is this market is it a niche market is it a large market what's the competition and how much of the market can this business look at for me that's 20% because if you operating in a really small market that's not growing but the business size will be limited and you have to keep that in mind right so that's number 2 and number 3 is the obviously the business economics right so um what's the sales growth velocity gross margin structure contribution margin customer acquisition cost repeat rates ebitda profile path to profitability and then obviously the team and the ability to scale right so we 50% founder 20% market size and 30% business team and economics Okay, so when you say fifty percent founder, that's a lot. But now, but I'll tell you, that's at the early yeah. stage, right? Because yeah. these numbers will skew as you change your stages. For me, because right. I come in at the early stage, this is what I keep in mind. Right, and how do you sort of gauge uh, founders' tenacity and those kind of softer skills? How do you get a sense of that? Yeah, I guess you got to have multiple conversations and talk about things outside of work as well. Um. help you gauge a founder's personality because at the end of the day you're investing in a team and people and so the team is as important as the business at least when you come in at an early stage right could you give an the business is nothing without the team right so absolutely absolutely maybe you could give an example of a, a chat you've had that really sealed the deal for you in terms of yes this is how i want to uh, you know take it forward with this person No, look. I, I think you gotta you gotta get to know a person outside of of their business as well. So I think one of the investors that that was meeting us actually said, "Look, we met in the office. We had a nice two-hour chat. Let's meet over dinner now, um, outside the work environment, outside right. the office. Let's talk about everything other than work, right? To see who right. you are as a person. Because look, it's not just one way; it's two ways as well. As a founder, if you take money from someone, it's a five to seven-year journey at minimum." you got to be able to have a conversation or lunch or dinner with the person once a month for 5 to 7 years so it has to be a match in terms of personality you got to gel you got to be able to spend time together um everything is not rosy in business right everything right. isn't rosy and so you got to be able to spend time with the person and reason through tough times as well right right that that's good perspective it's like a commitment that you need to go uh, keep going for a fairly decent amount of time so you might as well make sure that both parties are on the same page right so uh, this leads me to my next question how and where should founders approach vcs or private investors yeah look i think this is a million dollar question um i would say that that uh, you can use various platforms uh linkedin um email meet people at events reach out to people um meet people through your common connections um i think all of these things can help uh, but i will say that past this right establish context for a connection right so um i think if someone reaches out to me and says hey i know xyz things about you and that's why i'm reaching out to you because i think this opportunity is interesting it's much better than just a generalized forward email right so i think that really helps and and that really sort of um, makes it easier because um you would appreciate that um investors also may get lots of deal flow and lots of inflow and so they have to sift through a lot of information right so establishing context is is um something that definitely i recommend right right and in terms of founders who are not based in say bangalore mumbai or delhi a lot of them often say that we don't have the same ecosystem that you guys do what would be your advice to them in terms of reaching out to uh, investors uh, 
Yeah, look, I I am actually very passionate about this space. Um, every time I get invited to a conference outside of the top five cities of India, I go whether it's Indore, or it's Chandigarh, or it's Guwahati, or it's Shillong. I've gone to all of these places, um, and Surat, and and spoken at conferences and engaged with founders. Um, I think your location doesn't limit you from having a conversation. Um, your uh, background doesn't limit you from having a conversation. Um, it's much more a level playing field now, and so. my sort of urge to all of these people is look india's uh, a country with so much diversity and and everyone appreciates your diversity so don't feel like just because you're not from bombay or delhi um it limits you from achieving success or building a scalable business um, not at all okay i'm sure this conversation has helped a lot of the founders that are tuning in with that we come to an end of this episode of the bad funny viewpoint podcast with arjun vaidya the founder of Dr. Vaidya's and now a venture lead at Volume Bet. He's spoken about scaling up, acquisitions and what investors look for. I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode. My name is Manali Shah and I'll see you in the next one.